This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Hello, everybody. This is Marshall Poe. I'm the editor of the New Books Network. NBN listeners like to read books and buy them. So we thought we'd tell you that right now, our friends at Princeton University Press are having a remarkable site-wide sale. You can get 50% off books, including eBooks and audiobooks, with the code 50, F-I-F-T-Y, at checkout until May 31. You can save some real money on Princeton University Press books. I encourage you to go there and check it out. Welcome to the New Books Network. Hello, everyone. My name is Archit, a host on the New Books Network, and I'm joined in conversation today by Rajesh Raghavan, who is assistant professor at the Georgetown University School of Foreign Service. His fantastic new book, um, Patching Development in Information Politics and Social Change in India, was published by Oxford University Press in 2022, and we're here to discuss that today. Welcome, Rajesh. Nice to see you, Archit, again. <laughs> <laughs> Likewise. Um, so, of course, we have known each other from the time um, you first started, you know, getting um, ahead on, on this book in terms of research. But it would be good for listeners to know um, what your journey to writing this book has been like. Um, and I know uh, for a fact that it's fairly unconventional, um, but but also very, very um, interesting in terms of uh, the way the links it has to worlds outside of academia. Um, so yeah, just, you know, um, a brief kind of overview of how you came to write this book would be great. You know, the best way to kind of answer this question is, is, is in some sense, when we actually met, uh, in the summer of 2010, uh, in in uh, in Bihar, in Araria, uh, and uh, you know, I had uh, I think we came to it from two different paths, and I you know, I, I, but the 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 call for that meeting was an email from um, an aid association for India's development group that I used to volunteer for. Uh, uh, kind of a fellow from that asking in our list, saying, "Hey, you want to volunteer for an audit?" And I was at that stage where, you know, PhD students are busy trying to kind of hunt for uh, dissertation topics. And plus, I was kind of obviously um, very interested in what's happening in with right information and on. This was a completely uh, radical idea of actually looking at uh, uh, public uh, programs, government programs, and auditing it. And so I, you know, got on a plane to kind of come to Bihar and I'd met you and many others, and as well as activists uh, in uh, from the Jagran Shakti Shankaran, you know, which I write about in the book, initially, um, where we were pretty much volunteers, right, trying to kind of try and um, understand uh, this program um, and understand what audit is and understand what role Bihar is, and uh, and it was kind of very interesting for me to kind of, you know, obviously I've been in um, rural India before and I've tried and you know grew up in some sense. And, in towns and stuff, but actually not as a researcher, not as a volunteer in this form. So it was kind of very uh, revealing and very interesting to kind of try and partake at the social audit that we both, uh, you know, uh, uh, 
played some role in. And um, yeah, so that's that was the kind of um, you know uh, the start really of of even uh, you know at that at that point I did not even consider this as a as actually a research. Uh, project though I obviously I you know I would lie to say that that was not like one of my intentions but I was I I you know it was really a very um, you know kind of a full-blown volunteering kind of uh, enterprise at that time but then uh, you know that kind of shook me and and you know really felt made me very serious about the possibilities of actually writing this and thinking thinking that uh, in and taking that further so yeah that was the initial kernel mm-hmm. yeah and you know, you you did mention um, the the Association for for India's Development, which you know is um, an organization that is very active in um, the U.S. and and that's you know um, an interesting kind of link in terms of how um, you came to to find yourself in Bihar, um, and and I know that was a big part of your your journey to, to getting to um, the PhD and researching these issues as well. Um, so if you could, you know, um, the, the Bihar uh, experience, particularly as you highlight it in the book, is is quite interesting, right? Um, in terms of setting the ground for what your PhD project would look like. Um, but yeah, could you could you speak to that? Um, you know, that initial experience in terms of you developing your own methodology um, and getting a sense of, you know, what these audits were all about um, as, you know, as, as volunteers, as outsiders coming in um, and, and looking in at the system that um, seemed quite opaque, right? Um, but then as we kind of went on um, and, and spoke to, uh, villagers, we got a sense of what was going on, and you know why this um, wasn't working in the way that it was it was supposed to. Um, so yeah, if if you know that that initial experience, I think would be good for listeners to know about as well, because I, I think that's yeah. No, me. thanks for that. I, I I'm just trying to kind of you know give a sense of it's very hard to kind of give a sense of the you know uh, the the experience in full. Uh, you know, text definitely does some some ways in it, right? And 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 I think I tried that a little bit in the, in the beginning of the book. But you know, it was pretty much as you rightly pointed out that we were outsiders to the uh, in every sense of that word. You know, I'm from the south of India. My Hindi was barely like, I mean, I and obviously speak it, but not in a way that I, in fact, I remember kind of tagging along with you and others who would write like, you know, what would you write the petition and, and like you have to write that in like the Shud Hindi or whatever official Hindi. And it was kind of like, you know, I had, I tagged along and, and my participant in the participant observation was kind of like put it with an asterisk in it. But as you, as you pointed out, it was, even though we were outsiders, it was very, very clear uh, within a few days of uh, of being there the kind of power that exists at that local level i mean i it, some of the stuff that i don't i didn't write in the book um, but i i don't know you remember the contractor that that i write about uh in the book uh we you know he was uh you know i think he was a brahmin uh and he um was you know a land uh, a landowner and um, you know we were you know the you know trying to kind of gather evidence around his you know tola right uh, and and about uh, you know, like whether my, whether the money that was uh, so, uh, you know spent on this project was actually spent uh, on on a, uh, and uh, you know I remember actually 
walking around uh, the his house uh, we learned later <laughs> and uh, you know we kind of sheepishly went go go inside to this his house and I, I remember he was kind of i don't know he was doing something with a water pump or something uh, i remember and um, you know he was like uh, what are you doing and we said oh we're doing the survey and obviously he knew that we existed right it was a smaller so on a smaller place and uh, we're all volunteers coming in the outside we're clutching all this you know we had all these like forms and and, and surveys and he and you know i think after a few minutes he basically kind of kicked us out and uh, i remember uh, we not only kicked us out but i think he went out and basically stopped anybody around to kind of talk to us right and this is our society get out of here and then i remember we were trying to there's a little bit of a kind of a, a streak of protest or, or, or defiance, right? So we were like, no, no, no we got to continue. And then I think we were a little scared, of course, uh, because it was not clear what, what could happen. And I remember the workers who were, who were I think, Dalits, uh, if I remember in that, in that particular habitation, telling us, please leave, you know, like it's for you, you know, I, we understand what's going, what you're trying to do, but this is, you know, you don't want to mess with this contractor. Uh, and then I think, I remember like the, the, you know, Ashish had come in a scooter <laughs> to try to kind of bail us out, right? To say, you know, and then there was truce. But it, I think that that episode uh, kind of was very stark in my memory. You're going to say how, to show how these audits, which sounds very simple, a survey from, uh, you know, a, a bunch of activists and volunteers coming in to a, as you put it, well, outsider coming into a society, a different location, asking questions about very mundane things about this road was built did you get money when did you get it very simple questions right we kept asking that was met with that amount of resistance right um, and it kind of revealed to me the power of what we were trying to do uh, as well as the limits right when the the kind of public hearing happened uh, you know which i talk about in the book where the culmination of all our all our surveys from different groups of people going to different parts and then like presenting together uh, at the end of the, you know, uh, our, our um, survey to kind of showcase in, a, in an aggregate level, right, what is, what is going on in the village. And, you know, I remember we kind of drumming up like a lot of, uh, uh, you know, canvassing to make sure people come and, and a lot of people came actually. Uh, and like, you know, I, and, and that meeting was also another, uh, an important point to kind of show how the the public hearing, which is the idea of Jensen Wise, where people read out uh, the findings uh, at the you know at the village level, um, and you know the whole kind of performance that happened, you know, both both in terms of real violence uh, of of trying to attack the attack the you know auditors and then like kind of the support by the workers to mobilize because they saw us do it and then uh and the kind of you know uh, the the after after effect of what happened you know to that meeting right in terms of outcome and i remember uh, you know we i think you were also there if i remember like we were you know we were leaving the stage and or leaving that kind of end, and then this contractor comes up and says uh, to us uh, in a very smiling face that you know with the I still remember after so many years with a you know with his you know with his hand folded said uh, said you know you've done your job uh, this is Amara Samaja you know this is our society you can leave now um, 
uh, but I but that's one side, right? To say to kind of hint that it's very hard for groups to kind of do this on a regular basis. Activist groups, for example, uh, because of local such local strength, uh, local power that exists in the village. But I remember also feeling very, um, you know, um, you know, uh, hopeful that when you know workers kind of met us and said, "This is yes, you know, it's not clear what actions are going to be taken on this particular case, but the fact that we were able to question, we as not just we, the workers themselves, uh, standing up and questioning power." Um, at that public level, um, you know, it's not private transcripts anymore, but it's very public, <laughs> and, and that was that was very, um, you know, powerful for them and empowering for them. And of course, you know, the 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 JJSS were very uh, political, very careful not to repeat this uh, because they don't want to kind of create um, these outbursts without having ability to kind of. So that was my Bihar kind of lesson, right? To kind of showcase what is possible, but also these kind of meetings um, you know need support uh, from 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 the state uh, from other actors and that was not something that at that point was Bihar was um, you know um, supporting for outside actors to kind of play that role right yeah no and just to give listeners a little bit of context so these were you know uh, the law was enacted as you outline in your book in 2005 um and in subsequent years you had um you know these audits being conducted at the village level in in various states right um at, that were primarily kind of volunteer run um led by activist groups local activist groups in the in the particular village um and that i think um was was something that you know struck me as um important in the way that these these power relations were being negotiated as well because we came in as as outsiders um and for a lot of the people, you know, the workers themselves, they weren't even aware that um, a lot of, you know, what what they were entitled to, their, you know, their rights, so to speak, um, were actually, um, you know, being denied. Um, so that was part of the... And in, in the book, I think you highlight how over time as well, um, this shifts, right, in terms of uh, both the bureaucratic support for it, the state level kind of uh, intervention. Um, so, and you also talk about the technological aspect of it, which I found particularly fascinating because we were working entirely with paper rolls, uh, you know, looking at these, you know, all of the data that was just based on um, these booklets that the the workers themselves had sometimes didn't have and their names on the on the muster rolls right um but yeah i I would love to hear more about how you see that that shift right from that initial 2010 um uh, bihar audit to you know what forms the bulk of your book which is um you know the Andhra Pradesh experience, um, which which comes you know about five or six years later. So, how does that this process kind of shift? You know, I think uh, thanks for the question. I think you know I remember those notebooks and and whatnot. Um, and I should say that the 
the law, the law that we're talking about, uh, the National Rural Employment Guarantee Act, the NREGA or the MGNREGA, the Mahatma Gandhi National Rural Employment Guarantee Act, uh, came at the time uh, along with the right to information, which allowed for people, whether they're outsiders or insiders or, or government themselves, actually bureaucrats, to inspect these records. Right? Thanks to the Official Secrecy Act for the British colonial uh, era, the fact that very simple documents about uh, public public projects like the employment program or welfare program, other welfare programs, were not allowed before that to be able to be inspected and questioned, right? And even after the law, you know, it takes effort. You have to file an application, and then you need to have support. And but that said, still, at least on paper, there's a this law was radical to kind of uh, to allow for these audits to happen, right? And then the NREG itself is a very radical act, and I'm 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 very conscious of speaking at this juncture in 2023 when the recent Indian budget kind of hacked, you know, acts the or not killed it, but like at least reduced the uh, welfare outlay of this program. Uh, but it's still at that time uh, the uh, the fact that this welfare program was the you know is a is is uh, imagined as a right uh, rather than a, a welfare uh, um, you know a, a entitlement program where you know where it will be changed uh, by the orders of the state government or whatnot the political dispensation dispensation at that time uh, the fact that you can actually demand work even if as you pointed out that the the uh, you know how that right is imagined in the in different parts of the country uh, is is maybe theoretical at some point, but it still at least is it collective groups can kind of exercise it. Uh, the state governments can kind of use the law. So the law was actually very important. Um, you know, even if the you know even if it's you know flailing in the implementation across different regions, right? So I just want to kind of point that out. Uh, but to your question about um, you know the the program is a national program, but then the implementation is left to the state governments, right? So I, uh, you know, just to kind of give some, you know, uh, genesis, right? So the idea of, you know, I wanted to compare pro compare different states, and you know, I had a particular angle of, of I was, you know, looking at a social movement run audit was a state run audit. What would that look like? And uh, and for I mean to and I make a lot about in the book about the last mile, which is at the actual implementation at the, but the first mile was is very key, and I think I just want to make sure that I you know, <laughs> you know all the lot of people working on the first mile of the political will, the context of ballot mobilization that happened uh, at least in in Andhra, where I picked where ability to kind of question in a public meeting officials uh, when presented with information that's because of act you know decentralized collective action that happened and the fact that you actually had a bureaucrat was a Dalit bureaucrat who had a certain vision of how um, you know he wanted this program to be implemented to kind of prevent the kind of contractor Raj uh, and the 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 you know the people the you know, to reduce the power at the local level, right? So all of that preconditions exist. And so in some sense, I kind of wanted to uh, go to a, a, a place where there's a lot of support. And Andhra was the, uh, you know, Anantapur was the place in Andhra where NRG was launched, right? And so there was highest level support. And, and, and also it was actually very easy for me to kind of pick Andhra because, uh, you know, social audits, uh, you know, were happening in multiple places in small pockets and different groups. But the fact that the, there was this, 
bureaucratic support from the top, uh, you know, uh, to be able to kind of get that, you know, and yes, it was in the law, but the fact that in practice, you had the six months audits on a regular basis. Andhra was the only state at the time. Now, Telangana joined, other, other states have joined, but that time there was, uh, Andhra was the only state. So in some sense, that's why I went there to kind of try and see, well, what if, what will, what will be, you know, because I, I, I guess I want to kind of understand the mechanism, not necessarily to, you know, um, measure the impact of a program. So I want to kind of understand the messy details of how is it that, you know, if you have this kind of political will at the top, uh, how can you, how are these programs implemented? How are they able to deal with this resistance at the last mile that we saw in Bihar? Uh, and, you know, of course, the answer is not just what they did and what the book covered, but also the histories of these mobilization that existed, which I kind of referenced in the, in, in the book. But my, my, my focus was, well, if those ingredients exist, uh, how does the dance, if you will, or the politics of dealing with the resistances, uh, which there is plenty of, even if you have like this uh, will at the top, uh, and how did they actually manage to implement this program? What are they, how did they deal with the, uh, you know, the resistance that exists? And of course, they don't have too much power to kind of do, you know, what they want, right? And so they had to kind of um, intervene in very specific ways, which is which is why I went there and and uh, went to study. Mm. Um, and in terms of you know, you've outlined these these preconditions that made it um, you know viable for for you to look at as as a case study. Um, I I also want to get a sense of you know because you know, the argument that you're driving in the book is this metaphor of patching, which um, is, of course, connected to the software patch, as, as you uh, detail based on your own kind of uh, technical, uh, you know, knowledge and experience. Um, how does, you know, how does that kind of process uh, play out in, in this context? Um, and... Um, what is you know what does the audit look like in this um you know through this kind of lens of patching um because I, I think that is you know the the most powerful takeaway from the book so it would be good for us to kind of look at yeah yeah no sure so yeah i i, I mean just to kind of define patching right so i mean as you pointed out patching is definitely an idea in software that we're all familiar with which is an update to an operating system or a, or a software that fixes x right um and i try so so the book uh, or on the way in my invocation of patching kind of borrows that right to say that well this is it has three three different features it is top down meaning it is a patch is issued by somebody at the higher you know with has jurisdiction or or at least in the in this empirical context in which i studied it uh, and it's very very minute minute details right patching it's not about big changes it's about very small things very minute things very specific contextual things um, and we can get into the examples of that and then it's iterative, meaning it's it's uh, you know you you issue a patch and people resist it, and then you try something else, right? And and the way they change what you find out what's going on is from local information through audits, through other processes, other uh, bureaucratic processes exists, and actually having uh, and the audit unit itself, you know, uh, is a, I call it a participatory bureaucracy in some sense. It is, you know, there's a big question whether it's part of the state or whether it's part of the civil society, and that tension actually was pretty productive in um, 
in helping the the Andhra government to manage these to both collect information from uh, you know of what's actually happening on the ground right it's not a high modernist state you know those though it has you know elements of it uh, uh, like Scott would say it but it you know the the reason why patching you know how do you know what you what do you fix right you need to find out actually information who decides what information uh, will be channeled up and and so there's a lot of like uh, uh, you know so far, some some people have actually raised questions about like, well, how is it applicable to different contexts and whatnot? But I think I, I want to make sure that people realize that this is a very specific context and there's not a, it's not a normative idea, right? Uh, patching is not like a technocratic uh, kind of um, thing that will magically solve all development problems. So my intention is to kind of be very careful about the particular context in which how patching was done, but not to say that patching in itself is like somehow um, uh, a fix, right? Uh, and so, um, which so patching is a very political idea, right? Which basically means the outcomes are not guaranteed, right? You can you can actually have patching done by um, people uh, with have very different, uh, you know, you can be top down, you can be you can focus on small things, you can iterate, and if the information that you're iterating on is based on in outcomes that you don't want or you know maybe not considered good. Uh, quote unquote, it might lead to outcomes that might be very perverse, right? And so it's not something like a, uh, but it, but it, what it does push, right, for, is to worry about the implementation, worry about the politics of implementation, which I think has, you know, and so I'm kind of surprised by. There's not a lot of, at least I mean, in the quarters I've examined, not a lot of attention, like how the activists, like originally you said, right, the kind of unconventional. So this is not news for bureaucrats or activists, right? So they worry about very some of these very political things right um about you know who who should who should hire who should be hired what should they wear it for a meeting uh, what should be the composition of of the uh you know of the social auditors should be like right and so to technical things right should you make this field read only uh you know if you're having a master role how should be the design of the master role so that it's not being like captured and so these things are not like somehow news, and I'm sure a bureaucrat looking at it, well, we worry about these things a lot, and they do. Uh, 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 but And so it, Artifacts has politics. It's the fact that these these designs are thought through uh, both in a technology sense, but also in institutional sense, right? I mean, I remember, like, um, surprised by, you know, I mean, again, this could be a, you know, there's a debate about whether this is a, you know, a Brahmin conspiracy or whether this is a act of, uh, very political idea, right? The fact that should you be allowed to eat meat as a social auditor in a village, right? That was debated on. I mean, of course, I'm not saying that one is right or wrong, but things like, well, one side said that if you eat, if you've been seen eating, drinking, or eating meat, then there's a there's a perception, quote unquote, of corruption. Uh, and then, uh, and so, on the other hand, you know, is this an upper caste conspiracy against social auditors doing what they want to do? Uh, and things like, what should they wear? Should they have an ID card? Uh, you know, and and sh who should be allowed to sit in the meeting? I mean, in fact, I remember, I don't know if you remember, like even in our, in the, even in the social, in the area meeting, they would be worried about, uh, worried about the dais and who should be allowed to sit? Should your political party be to be sitting? So those are all like very simple things, very, very, very uh, specific things, right? That, uh, that I think um, when, you know, you can't get your way in, when does, when are these things needed? When you can't just like you know ma throw a magic wand and fix, uh, have an audit the way you want. So you you think through all these different details, uh, and you know and in this case the bureaucrats who are at the top, 
you know, knew that they don't have the power to kind of do what they want against the reddies or the landlords at that. Uh, and so they only had this limited kind of uh, things they could do. Uh, and it's, uh, so one other point I would make here is this is not incrementalism, which is not idea of like, let's get, like you want to pass, um, you know, in the U.S. context, uh, you know, universal healthcare. Let's say that's a design uh, wish. You, well, the incrementalist approach would be like, well, we can't do universal healthcare because it's there's no political will. Let's get you know Medicare for uh, college students, right? Uh, passed, right? And then let's go one by one. So that's incrementalist approach, right? There is some similarities to patching, but patching is not so much about policy design. It's it's more about implementation, right? It's about if you want, if you once you've decided. A program. If you want to implement something, you will have to think through uh, and patch uh, details uh, that are very specific. And the hope is that you know, I mean, of course, that will change based on context, right? So, in, so in, in the sense that the hope is that once you do several of these patches, uh, you know, you know, you'll you'll integrate them or you collect them to kind of go in a direction that you wanted to go, right? And so. Uh, and so I, I feel like that's where I think the where I want the thinking to go, right? It's not not so much kind of think about patching as a kind of this normative idea uh, in in and of itself. Right. Yeah. And in some sense, you know, that's the the outline that you lay out in terms of the the divide between the first mile and the last mile. That um, the first mile is necessary but not sufficient, uh, and and then you have that last mile problem where which is where i think patching really kind of activates in a in a different sense right um and that's that's why you know perhaps the incrementalist approach which would just take it from just consider it as a first mile issue um doesn't really work right yeah exactly Incre- yeah. yeah incrementalist approach works where you you know where you're in a constrained uh, where you are in a environment where you can, with reasonable probability, you can get implement whatever your design is, right? So once you figure out the scope conditions of what's politically feasible, then you can just hit go, and then it'll be done, right? And so the and all the action is at at that stage. But as anybody who spent any time in India knows, or, or many other parts, uh, I'm, I'm pretty sure that. You know, people of different names, capacity, uh, you know, uh, corruption, uh, and they're all words which are, you know, ha- you know, uh, basically talk about power and basically talk about the idea of asymmetry and where different interests exist. And and and, and REGA is a program, is radical because it is guarantees 100 day, days of labor for any citizen who wants to work. Or in a per family, of course, because though yes, the first mile problems are important. It gets diluted at that stage, right? It's not like that's not to be. But even even to implement that program uh, in at scale, uh, when you have powerful interests who uh, are don't want to give an inch, right? Uh, if you give, if you if you don't come to my, if I'm a landlord, uh, even a small smallholder, medium medium holder farmer. You know, to allow for a program to have landless laborers go and work on a public works project, as opposed to coming to me, is a big deal, right? So they would, and so it's not surprising. You don't have to have a like the you know the contractor stuff where they 
out, you know, they had all the labor for themselves. Uh, how do you intervene in that arena where you need to get, you know, uh, get to solve that interest problem, right? And so it's it's a it's a, it's a much much harder proposition. And so that's why these. And again, this is not something new. If you walk into any government program, you look at historically, there's something called government circulars, right? That exist before an RDG. You can go to any program. This is something. That's what they do. They pass these circulars. Why are these circulars passed? Well, some of it is new ideas. Some of it is in reaction to what I call last my last you know local resistance, right? It's not just they keep making stuff. They they are already thinking about these de details and like let's try this. Let's try that. Uh, and um, if you have a kind of a, um, a committed bureaucrat like I found in Andhra that time. Then these patches were, uh, you know, I would argue were done very thoughtfully. Some of it was not so thoughtfully as well because they're not like the information that's coming in, uh, uh, you know, might not be, uh, uh, you know, uh, leading to outcomes that they wanted. I mean, there's definitely like Scots, Scots behind, you know, my back and kind of worried about this this high modernist tendencies of, of centralized programs, right? Even if it's centralized at the state level or the subnational level. Uh, but still, uh, you know, there is, I think there is something to the fact that, uh, you know, once you have these preconditions met, you know, you, you know, you, this is all you have to play. Yeah, no. And uh, so just since we've kind of left on the, on Scott's note of high modernist uh, thinking and seeing like the state, um, I, I think it would be good to reflect on what, I mean, because um, this is also, as you mentioned, um, you know, iterative in the sense that we are looking at a period over, you know, perhaps less than a decade or just about a decade where um, these changes are happening. And there's also, um, uh, you know, shifts in the way that uh, government and bureaucracy are, uh, you know, taking um, technology as part of these these programs, right? Um, I mean, of course, technology is always part of um, government programs in, in one way or another, but, but this is slightly um, new because it's so recent. Um, so how does that work out in, in, in terms of stakeholders as well? Um, you know, what is the... Because you mentioned, and, and there's quite a bit in the book as well about thinking in terms of design, et cetera. Um, how do, do, do those decisions kind of um, play out in terms of the specificities of um, NREGA and um, the, the audit process? Yeah, so I mean, Andhra, I mean, it, to kind of simply think about what they did, the you know, bureaucratic technology, if you will, is two different kind of set of things, right? One is the uh, control of the bureaucracy, right? And technology was used to kind of, um, in you know, basically uh, the between the upper level and the lower level, uh, and the patching was done by the upper level, you know, using technology, right? Part that's part of the story to try and um, control what's actually happening, and from both collecting information uh, in terms of attendance registers who shows up to work at what time, are they getting paid, when are they getting paid, 
uh, and are they being paid accurately or not? Right? The entire master role, the attendance register, again, it's a colonial artifact in some sense, uh, but that exists. And so the idea was that it's always locked in and only seen at the local bureaucratic office and nobody's ever seen them. I remember when we were going, some of them were yet like fresh ink. I right? can kind of see <laughs> one of the things we lay, if it's, if it's too legible and not, not in the, not in the uh, uh, Scottian sense, uh, if it's, if it's, you know, you know, if it's handwriting, you know, and if it's fresh, you can kind of get a sense for, you know, it's been, it's been fudged or not. Um, and, and, and so, uh, and so there's, there's a lot of technology being used uh, uh, by, between the uh, between the bureau, bureau uh, the upper level and the lower level, and the implementation of the street level bureaucrats in terms of like you know making sure that data is entered and and they tried they were I mean it I mean I in the entire chapter I you know there's also a paper I wrote called Cat and Mouse Game uh, you know I basically said that that iteration uh, you know it's it's it never kind of um, settles right uh, and it, it it is also a critique really of like this. You know, both my my point there was to kind of both signal like the realities of what's happening, but it's also uh, and hopefully a, a critique of the visions that people have of uh, especially technologists have. Oh, we come up with one technology and we're going to solve whether it's Aadhaar or whether it's I don't know attendance at taking attendance at a school or any program. If Andhra is teaching you anything, at least in that chapter, the technology. Very, I mean, I would say Andhra is probably one of the sophisticated kind of use of technology there is. I mean, you know, in 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 India definitely, and from maybe even many parts of the world, at least in this context, right? Of if able to work with a company and 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 um, and and you know, think about geolocation tagging or, 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 you know, a mobile phone interface. And I mean, all sorts of different things, but there is no one fix. I mean, well, there's no, yes, technology was useful uh, to, to an extent, but if you see, if you've seen if that chapter kind of points out the, the hope of, you know, many people have <laughs> of, of settling these problems of politics uh, by some kind of a machine, uh, and and that drumbeat, right? I want to kind of show that. Well, let's look at it very carefully. This is not a critique of using technology. This is a this is a you know a kind of a, a signal to if you really want to use this, this is the game you play, right? Meaning that you have to kind of it's not this magic. You, see, I think one of the things that people assume, and I think I mentioned that in the book, is that there is a assumption that the other side is just waiting around for your uh, the other side, meaning the, the the you know, like say in this case, the local power structures, uh, are waiting around for your clever in intervention, and then and then and then you can declare victory. No, I mean they're not like they're waiting around. They have you know documents or phones or GPS trackers and whatnot. There are there's resistance, there's workarounds, right? And so you can't. So and and in this case, the bureaucrats actually tried to kind of, you know, use technology to kind of. Uh, and also building, you know, it's a socio-technical system. It's not just technology. They actually had like use the additional legibility, creating, you know, processes, which are offline processes, actually having supervisors to go show up uh, and then check. And, uh, you know, and so that process, uh, you know, was, I, I would say it was very useful, uh, but I, I also kind of want to want to point out that that's not a one-stop game. Uh, so Andre has two processes. One is this play between the bureaucrats. And the second is this information from social audits that feeds into, I mean, you know, you pointed out early on saying, well, we know Irumba and Bihar, we were doing this physical records and it's very cumbersome to do social audits, right? Um, we spend a lot of time, we need like all these people who are 
you know, who could kind of do SQL joins or, or database joins in, in, in on the fly. You know, I don't know, you're pretty skillful at like, find, you know, locating, uh, you know, different records, duplicate entries and tracking across. And so if you have software, you can actually do a lot of them very easily. Right? So you can do queries on, you know, things like that. So it was actually made a lot of, made it easy, much, much more easier for audits to take place because some of this digitized, you can actually imagine you come in with, uh, you know which worker you want to prioritize, and uh, and what what aspect of the of of the uh, of the audit process that been facilitated by by a digitization process, uh, and and so so digitization feeds into it, but this is a separate process of actually allowing workers to see those records and conduct that public meetings and question it, uh, and that process. Uh, of you know it sounds very simple right and and you know it's hard to do it in practice but you know how do you construct so the patching is not just patching the software elements in the first, between the bureaucrats patching also is about institutional patching how do you construct a social audit unit that would actually do this effective audits how would you store these information uh, in these records how should they be dressed uh, how should uh, how much should they cover in a you know, uh, in a in an audit. I mean, all these things had to be. Who should be allowed to speak? Should they should they read out publicly like the findings? Uh, because if if the local elites come in and if they find out what is actually being said, that they stop that, right? So some so they basically issue a patch. Well, you shouldn't read out, right? And of course, that that's a nice document. How that even every single idea gets resisted, uh, and they have to kind of change what they're the protocol of what they're doing. Um, Worrying about these implementation details, right? So, so that's that's uh, you know, so that's that's uh, so yeah, two processes, both uh, both from between the bureauc bureau uh, bureaucracy using technology, and then then a social audit process, which tries to kind of get feed information from um, you know from the work site uh, and to back up uh, to to you know make make sure this batching works. Right, right. Um... Yeah, and so in terms of you know the, the socio-technical aspects of it, the the fact that um, of course a lot of this eventually kind of gets technologically rendered, but there are various kind of social ramifications to think through, right? Um, one thing that I was very curious about is how um, how does the village is, is a site, you know, we have this discourse of, uh, you know, ICT for development, information, communication, technology. I mean, um, a lot of that in recent times, at least, um, you know, has, has played out at the urban scale, you know, in smart cities, etc. How does the village as, you know, this particular site, um, generate a different kind of um, perhaps an experimentalism in some way, which speaks to, you know, the idea of patching um, that um, can both kind of aid this process of, of auditing, but also, I mean, open up other issues. Uh, I'm thinking of, you know, uh, data privacy, for example, um, things like that, that uh, perhaps, uh, you know, bureaucrats are more aware of or are um, kind of uh, more tuned to in certain contexts, but not so much in others. Um, how does that kind of get, uh, how does that 
play out in in this in this landscape yeah i mean very, very it's an interesting question about smart cities right uh, and but there is a parallel movement that actually that's been you know the i think the genesis of it is the appropriate technology movement uh, in some sense uh, where you know you have experiments uh, before this ICTD uh, intervention, in some sense, of of trying to kind of, you know, bring, you know, science uh, uh, to the masses, if you will, quote unquote masses, uh, at least in rural countryside, as well as you know, initial experiments of kiosks, you know, of of the state, you know, the earliest attempts at uh, this ICTD, ICT for D, or technology for development is basically building, uh, you know, let's solve uh, education. Uh, uh, let's solve healthcare by putting a kiosk, and you know, uh, teachers are hard to forget. Uh, you know, quality teachers are hard to get. Uh, so we'll. Um, it's like maybe how textbooks were probably thought of. Like you know, at some point we'll put that in the text, and you know, from solve right. But then we realize that's not. Uh, so you know, so a lot of experiments initially was like access prob was the problem. See, and so let's solve the access by putting in kiosks or putting in. Uh, you know, uh, some kind of a mobile phone nowadays intervention. Uh, and there's a lot of, you know, there's a lot of earnest attempts at trying to kind of, not just in the, not just in this, see smart city basically, uh, you know, leaves a lot of these people out, right? And it's really, you know, smart for whom. Uh, but the appropriate uh, ICTD for the technology movement in some sense tries to kind of at least foreground the needs of the people, but then, assumes that technology initial incarnations of that was like let's come up with a technology gadget that will solve the problem or maybe create incentives to maybe create make money make the money make make it sustain and uh and by that you know i think people eventually that that feel have learned that you know uh you know a, f um, a colleague of mine kintaro toyama has this kind of very simplistic notion but it's a very powerful idea of amplification the theory of amplification where you know technology in and of itself does not cannot solve whatever problem you're trying to do it can amplify you know the outcome based if the preconditions if the political will exist if the people want to do use this technology and so and so you find you know he basically uh, argues and i think there's enough support to say that well you know uh, and so people i think in that field have uh you know work with groups which are actually trying to be relevant like whether it's ngo or whatnot and then technology can actually feed in uh, um, you know, as can has add value, right? Uh, in the um, in the Andhra case, I think the bureaucrats were not technocratic. I mean, yes, there were you know mistakes they made, right? The I mean, I document how you know they they wanted to you know they found out that one of the problems of corruption was worker was made to change different groups, uh, and then the fix was uh, to that was let's freeze the work group and they would do that by send by basically making the software impo impossible to kind of create the group and they basically force you to use the software system to create groups and by disallowing workers to change groups you they thought that the fudging that happens at the local level cannot happen because every worker has an uh, an id and you can't change it and then the system will block it but the prop mill there was technical challenge I'll leave that aside but the, there was also social problems right so what they found out eventually was workers were not were not always happy to be in the same group because of other reasons right they had local conflict and so they wanted to change groups uh, and so uh, so this uh, I, this idea of so you know, idea of actually taking away agency at the local level. Uh, so the local level bureaucrat 
cannot even change it because it's at the center level. By the time the information travels uh, up to issue a new patch, and that's not always possible at scale, right? And so there are limitations of, of even in the Andhra case of, of, of even with that kind of vision, there is a problem with, uh, and you see that in Aadhaar, much more, much more, I mean, you don't need to have a very um, critical view of, I mean, some people actually hold like technology cannot be used, shouldn't be used, you should just go back to paper. And I think that's, a, which itself is also another technology, by the way, but but that aside, uh, you know, it, it is it is still, uh, you know, so there is that position. And there's a position of actually like, oh, technology is going to solve this problem. So I think there's a, there's a big middle in the middle ground uh, where, you know, Aadhaar is, you know, you know, I mean, the Andhra kind of Aadhaar, which is not universal, but had like an ID card, which for a particular program can track workers, can make sure the payments that might be reasonable to do, right? Uh, but uh, but now people are discovering the implementation details of Aadhaar, even if you don't even need to have like this kind of, you know, privacy, security state, surveillance imagination. I mean, though that's valid, right? Even if you don't, even if you kind of ignore it for a second, um, the challenges, in fact, I, in, in my, my follow-up trip in 2017, I remember, you know, I, as you point out, I mean, I'm pretty sophisticated in terms of my technology use and I've coded before, worked in a large company for many years. And I remember like trying to track down a, a, a person whose Aadhaar was not linked. That time they had used Aadhaar because they were forced to use Aadhaar everywhere. And I was trying to solve this problem technically, socio-technically, politically, just couldn't because I was trying to figure out, okay, what is it? They said, go to the bank. And they go to the bank and they said, well, we don't know why why they're not, why the account is not tracked. So then we had to call the uh, uh, Mandal, which is the sub block. Um, and then we call them. They have no clue because they're not the ones who are, they said there's something about. So then we had to kind of, I had to, but this was like, embarrassment of like i had promised the worker that i am going to solve your problem and i had connections everywhere just couldn't nobody knew what's going on right nobody knew there's not a conspiracy against this worker but it was just the complexity of the system and having uh, uh, this linkage is done and the fact that you know i think eventually you know we found out there's some problem in terms of uh, you know it, it had a bit different bank account that that this was linked to and that they had to go delete it or so. And it just took, it just, it was just, a, you know, and that's just one case. Imagine like, you know, thousands, millions of, of cases that exist and who is tracking them and how, you know, and so a lot of people are genuinely, you know, um, kind of worried about. So I, I would think, I would think that there's a privacy angle, which is important, but I also, there is, there is the actual, there's also a important, uh, 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 you know, as Daniel Lee says, right? There's a will to improve. You can give the agent, you know, you can, you can, you know, even if you give the fact that some of these things are not conspiratorial, they're not interested in uh, uh, violating privacy and whatnot, but still the implementation challenges is something that I think is underappreciated. And I think we need to stress a lot more of, and I saw it first and I'm, I probably should write a little bit more on it, but I think uh, it, it's just, it's just something that, uh, you know, uh, there are, there are, uh, uh, you know, enough of a caution for programs which promise, you know, need to be smart city, can be very appropriate technology, but promise this kind of scale uh, ability to deal with problems, but in practice suffer uh, and and one needs to, you know, pay attention to these details. And I think uh, it's, it's uh, easier said than done. Yeah, yeah. No, and I, I think your your 
point about you know paper being a technology as well i think is really well taken you know there's uh, at least in the um, south asian context and, and various others i mean the um paper itself is also seen as a final kind of arbiter of what is valid what is true and you know you often hear these cases of people who are declared dead on paper but are actually alive i mean there are all sorts of um issues that come up with um within and outside of technology unquote unquote right um that it's it's not a, a neat kind of binary um but i i also would you know since we've kind of um spoken about what you're you're thinking about um in terms of how things have been since you uh, left the field how do you feel this um you know this process of social audit um has kind of taken on since you've um since you were you know kind of part of it um and what other applications do you think it has beyond um you know nrega yeah no i think the 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 so, I mean social audits for a it's happening in more states now and and uh, uh and in you know uh and it's uh, there is a drive to create this across other programs not just nrega and and uh, and i'm actually increasingly interested in you know since uh, you know the next toy if you will uh, uh the vision is ai and machine learning and the people are thinking that oh uh, and there are a lot of applications right but for people are uh, thinking about oh uh, you know let's solve targeting uh of the poor by some algorithm and machine and let's talk about where corruption is using some uh, uh some machine learning algorithm or who should be the welfare benefits and this is happening in the US it's you know i think there's this this uh, initial uh, no you know i guess more and more support is happening in other parts of the world as well in welfare programs and there's a lot of attention given about how you know it amplifies in inequality and like the same kind of same kind of problems uh, in even more um and there are a lot of people are thinking about very critically about what to do and wh- how to kind of stop it in some cases you have to stop these things in some cases you might you might have to do an audit and the audit is not just in the algorithm because algorithm in this case is not something that people do right it's the machine develops and so the the shift towards data and it's it's a very different problem and so i and i think social auditing uh of an ai algorithm is uh, especially if that's the direction that in in which the states are going and you can see why they're going for it uh uh and because they you know the the pretext is all well, you know with the there's a lot of lot of wastage a lot of corruption a lot of uh you know inefficiency in the system uh and let's uh let's bow to the neural network bot you know the uh, uh bots and then they'll save the day and i think the i think the social audits will you know i think it's an it's a very very simple idea right of and which, which which is very surprising that it's not been mainstream right the fact that uh even in the us for example right uh where you have like and you can see that right so you have like body cameras uh and you have um you know just now people with cell phones are taping actually what's happening and that is in some sense is shifting I'm not not making a causal argument here and a lot of people are protesting and organizing but there is a there's the ability to kind of democratize uh attention legibility if you will 
to that process and that's led to some kind of like you can't get away uh, and and there's you know lots of stuff happening there right so i mean i guess what i'm trying to say is that the social audit actually has to your question about it has legs it really has because it is actually a simple idea of actually moving away from a closed door financial audit which is the norm in most programs like let's look at the balance sheet let's look at receipts and whatnot and we know that that you know paper and documents and even in databases can be easily you know manufactured to say what you want to say and the fact that you actually have to go talk to people and not just do it individually in their household but actually conduct a public hearing in public uh, is I think that's, uh, I'm still bullish of that idea, right? To kind of see that, that the, the potential for that to kind of spill over from, uh, you know, you know, the program I studied to kind of much, much more broader consultation. So it's very democratic. I mean, yes, it's, you know, might not be radical in the sense that, uh, you know, might change state society relations, but the idea that people actually can get used to questioning and seeing those records and challenging what's happening, asking questions about it. and maybe initiating patches instead of actually having a bureaucracy doing it, but actually having civil society be part of, uh, of, of the process of initiating patches. Uh, I think that, uh, you know, um, you know, it shifts. I mean, you can imagine like educational, you know, we are both in universities, public universities, uh, you know, uh, uh, or, or private universities. You can imagine if you have like things about, what's happening in administration and it's not a black box, people can open it up, start questioning this, the, the possibilities of that changing institutions, um, uh, or at least the, the, you know, the, 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 I mean, I'm not going to take away the, the, the messiness or the, the political configuration to, that in the first mile that need to be in place for that to happen. But I think that would be, uh, you know, I, I think it's still a radical uh, uh, possibilities of, of changing the nature of these institutions. Uh, that's has much more global in scope than like the program that I studied. Right. Yeah, no. And I mean, what would a, a social audit of, uh, you know, AI look like would be would be really interesting. I mean, Firstly, would it be social even, <laughs> perhaps, you know, <laughs> uh, but socio-technical, you know, uh, but yeah, I mean, the, the terminology will also perhaps um, shift. But also, I, I think what, you know, you highlighted in terms of um, the fact that this is really a, a social movement driven um, kind of idea, you know, an intervention. Um, and it brings together all of these different stakeholders, you know, in terms of civil society, the state, etc. Um, so I think that that does have a particular kind of, um, uh, you know, importance to be able to say that, um, you know, of course, they're seeing like the state, but as you say, the the state can also be seen in particular ways by citizens. And that's, that also kind of um, is important in opening up the, the black box. So uh, Rajesh, I'd, I'd love to hear um, a little bit about, you know, you, you gesture towards it at various points, but what you're thinking about next in terms of, um, you know, um, the work that you're doing, where does this, you know, social audit uh, lead you to next? 
Yeah, no, I, I'm, I am, you know, I'm doing a few things, right? Um, and one is in Bihar, actually. Uh, you know, I'm just kind of in the, in the, you know, peri periphery at this point. You know, working with the state and working with uh, the microfinance uh, self-help groups there to kind of try and see. I mean, there's some some desire to kind of try and use technology and, and trying to kind of observe. There's a bunch of economists working on it, so I'm I'm just kind of shadowing at this point uh, to learn from that. And and as I mentioned about the social audits of AI, um, that's something that I'm early stages of uh, thinking about comparing something in the U.S. and something in India. Um, and um, uh, yeah, no, I, I think yeah, there's some other kind of ideas too pre premature to talk about, but it's it's very like in the in the line of technology and state and welfare and that's and data and so that's like the kind of um, intersection, if you will, where I kind of operate. Uh, and, uh, you know, I think it's this, this, uh, you know, in some sense, uh, the, it's, it's been, it's been interesting to kind of see how the, the book has kind of been seen across different disciplines uh, and fields. And so I'm, I'm, I'm eager to kind of push it, push it uh, in, in, you know, in different, different directions. All right. Great. And so good to hear that it's coming full circle and you're going back to Bihar. Uh, would that be in Araria or uh, somewhere else? No, it's not yet clear. Yeah, no, it's, okay. right now it seems to be, uh, you know, because of COVID, we've just been, you know, we have like somebody working there. Uh, but, uh, you know, I, you know, I think the actual location of it is still, uh, you know, to be determined in terms of where, where exactly in Bihar. But yeah, no, I definitely, I mean, I am, in, you know, kind of in touch with, uh, you know, Ashish and Kamani there. And I just want to end with one point about the social movements, and I, I don't know, be remiss if, if uh, with, you know, the entire uh, intervention of social audits was an MKSS, you know, Mazur Kisan Shakti Shangatan's kind of, you know, um, innovation. Of course, uh, you know, uh, Jean Dress talks about there's the prehistory to it uh, in, in um, but uh, but the kind of recent idea was definitely a, a social movement initiated uh, process and the Andhra participatory bureaucracy is actually there's an MKSS kind of presence who, who runs the runs the uh, uh, audit uh, uh, unit in some sense right so it's a very so that's why I think I mentioned at some point the, the kind of character of how the composition of it is very contested I'm not trying to declare victory yet on that, right? But it's a contested, very political, should it be local civil society? Should it be outside people? Should it be part of the, you know, should it be inside the state, outside the state? Should it be captured? Will it be captured? Who should be, will they be permanent employees? Should they have a union? So that process of creating the institution was patched all through and we need to be patching it all the time. And then that, I'm not, it's not a settled equilibrium fuel of like everybody happy, but uh, I just want to kind of point out that the civil society in with the state uh, is very very critical because or embedding with it because it's this idea of uh, you know it's not an it's not an you know to use the you know it's not an algorithm right where you know you somehow like have these puzzle pieces in and you can patch no I mean these are very contested processes and it's a very messy you know uh, messy process uh, and that's why I think you know patching some people think that patching is a technocratic idea and it's not it's actually a very political process with the outcomes not necessarily a uh, foregone conclu conclusion, uh, which, so I'm not defending the, you know, I'm not, it's not a normative concept, but it's a, it's a process of paying attention 
two things about the implementation, uh, which uh, you know took a particular form in Andhra, but can take different forms. And I'm hoping people will, you know, take that apart and you know add to it and see you know where it falls short. And I end in the conclusion with a lot of limitations, right? And kind of uh uh of of what of even the of, of the concept but uh yeah no, I, I hope that people people kind of uh, react to it and take it critically as well yeah no i mean from the way that you've painted it in the book and you know in this conversation as well i think it is kind of like holding a mirror up to the state right and and that's that's something that is kind of important because how else will that happen um, if it weren't for an outside force to kind of do that? Um, because states, as we know, just kind of um, can also move ahead uh, without really kind of thinking through um, the consequences. So thanks so much, Rajesh, for this wonderful conversation. Thanks again for taking the time out. And uh, it was so wonderful to reminisce about, uh, <laughs> you know, the beginnings of this fantastic book um, and how far you've come since then. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. This is, this is the, as, you, as you wonderfully put, uh, you know, both the showing the flashlight, I use that metaphor in the book as well, uh, to the state, uh, as well as kind of reminiscing about, uh, you know, the, uh, uh, maybe next time we'll get eat some mangoes there again. Yes, we should do that. <laughs> All right. Thanks.